Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 199. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? It's 199. I couldn't I can't believe that we're here. This feels like a magical a pre-magical time. We've come a long way. We've come a very long way. We've done a lot of podcasts, and it's cool to see this little underground swell coming up. People starting to finally find it and get interested in it and want to be part of it, reaching out for stickers, sending us emails. Like there's so much cool energy going on right now within the the podcast and our social media that it's been, it makes it even more fun to do when it's always been fun to do. So I want to see people outdo each other with the stickers because we have a buddy that just sent us a whole bunch of pictures, which will surface somewhere. Um, and he did a great job blanketing where he went skiing. Um, and I just like to see that share, you know, Get out there. That'd be he's, cool. he's pretty much the Banksy of sticker placement. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It I was pretty, say. it was very well done. Yeah. So it's been so cool seeing that and a lot of people asking for stickers and then, you know, posting them and tagging us, which has been so cool. So thank you so much. Thank if, you, sir. May we have another. Yes. So thanks <laughs> everyone for listening and for writing. Check us out. More info, skibumpodcast.com. If you want to send us an email, request stickers have questions about life, philosophy, vacations, skiing, whatever. Ski Bump Podcast yeah. at gmail.com. On the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we are at Ski Bump Podcast. Best place to reach us. If you want stickers, DM us on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. You can subscribe and rate the podcast there. Almost forgot the shop. Ski Bump Podcast.com slash shop if you want some cool swag. That's pretty much everything. A lot of places, iHeartRadio, other things, but those are the majority of the ones that we're following and staying on top of. So thank you again for listening. We do appreciate it. Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. After the wild debacle that I had last week with the freaking disgusting Four Locos, I decided to class it up a little, get back to greatness form, and uh, broke we'll put out. you on the map. Put me on. That's right. So I broke out a uh, a new one that I hadn't had before today. Uh, got this at Costco with a a box. I got a two pack of these, uh, but they were different ones. But it, it's Costco, so it sounds like it should come in a two pack. Um, it's the Old Forester. Uh, it is the Old Forester 1920, which is the Prohibition style, uh, 115 proof. Uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, it's very delicious. So I don't know what the uh, difference in the style is because I'm rather so, than reading. So the it, two pack it. is two different ones. It's not two of that particular one. Yeah, it's the Prohibition style, and then I think it's either the regular Old Forester or something else. But uh, I the think back the other in one, business after Prohibition style. <laughs> I know the other one. I think is 120 proof. So 115 and 120. Something like that. They're both pretty, pretty. It's, it's hilarious that the good folks of Old Forester and Costco decided that one bottle of this 115 proof bourbon just was not enough. That's right. It's like Thrace Camos. You buy one bottle of Thrace Camos or two. Why oh not? God, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, good? good stuff. Um, mm. It doesn't taste as hot as it actually is. Doesn't have that big boozy alcohol. 
like burning uh for 115 proof it doesn't drink like 115 proof uh pretty very smooth has a little bit of sweetness not too sweet though uh i'd say it's uh on a sweetness scale it's close to bullet um okay but yeah i mean it's pretty damn tasty pretty smooth uh i'm i'm happy i got it it wasn't i think for the two bottles i think it was like I don't even know. It was like 80 bucks for the two bottles or 60 bucks for the two bottles. Wow. It's a pretty good. And they're only 750 milliliters. So they're not, uh, you know, it's a normal fifth, normal fifth. So now Costco has a very liberal return policy. Like if you drank like half a bottle, could you return it? Be like, you know, yeah, it, this... I, I realized that it sucked when I, you know, and then just return. What do you want? Do you want credit? No, I want another bottle. <laughs> yeah. This didn't take me where I needed to go. Can you please refund my money? Yeah. I want but, three uh, handles of vodka instead. Uh, Costco's, and I love the floor in Florida. The Costco liquor is great because their law is that you can't be within the confines of the regular store. So it has to be a separate store for liquor. You could sell beer and wine in the regular store, but liquor has to be separate. So they have the Costco with the big ass carts and everybody running in there, especially on a Saturday and a Sunday. And it's like fucking madhouse. And then you go outside and there's this little, like, it's like a garage fitted out and the, all the liquors in there, you just walk in and walk out. So I'm like, anytime I need liquor, I'm like, great. I'm going to go to Costco. I don't need to sit in that stupid line. I just walk in the liquor store, buy my stuff and boop, there's nobody waiting. It's like, I can go get eggs and salad, but you know what? That line's too long. I'm just going to get a two-pack of Old Forester. Let's get some Old Forester. That, that'll work. <laughs> it's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. It's, you know, you want you want the Old Forester more than the eggs and the milk anyway, so. That's true. Why not? What do I need, like, you know, some more socks or some more underwear or some, you know, uh, Aussie Bites? I want a fucking Old Forester. Actually, Aussie Bites would go good with this. You think so? It must pair well with with Aussie bites. <laughs> with Aussie bites, has to be something in Costco pairs with something from Costco, right? There's got to be some sort of uh, protein infused bourbon out there at this point, mm. right? Remember, wasn't it Pepsi who had vitamin infused Pepsi a while ago? Oh, they were doing that with Sprite. Remember the vitamin Sprite? It's the stupidest goddamn thing ever. <laughs> so it's sugar. It's like tons of sugar in this water, carbonated water, and because you add a little vitamins in it, hey, we got some. Get your vitamins this way. Well, it's like those stupid chewable gummies, like those chewable vitamins they have that are just covered in sugar. Oh, like I that have, defeats the entire goddamn purpose. But I have those. Like, I got them because there's a 13-year-old in the house, and he just, kids just ingest so much sugar just by nature. So you coat a gummy in it, they're like, they don't realize they're eating a vitamin. So we got regular vitamins for them, and then the the good ones are the uh, the vitamin C. They're like a little orange, um, what are those things called? Like the, the fruit, fruit slices, you know, like the little fruit slices with the yeah. sugar on it. It's like a little, little that in the morning. This is why we all have the coronavirus is because all this goddamn sugar on everything. It, ah, it's sugar on everything, man. It's disgusting. I'm going to talk. I mean, I want to, you know, I got to watch with the whole diabetes runs in the family. So yeah. I would watch my sugar, but little old forester at 115 proof. <laughs> That's really not helping things. Let's ain't gonna hurt nobody. Way. No, no, no. It's all right. We'll take a little extra shot of insulin later. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people with gout. They just like I, I used to have an old neighbor that was like he was a World War II vet, 
And uh, he used to love his scotch. He's like, yeah, but every time I drink my scotch, I get the gout. So I'd see him limping around I'm like, oh, what's the matter? Did you hurt yourself? He's like, nah, I got into a bottle of scotch the other night. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, you know, limping for two days, but I love my scotch. Man, everybody <laughs> wants. The guy fought in World War goddamn two. Let him have right. some scotch, right? He's like, if the Nazis didn't kill me, the goddamn scotch isn't either. <laughs> <laughs> How come of all the diseases they're trying, they're trying to fix, you know, baldness and dark teeth. Why can't they fix the goddamn gout? Yeah. Right. I think it's like extra urea that gets produced in your body and makes your joints swell. That's what I read one time. Isn't that, that's pretty weird. So you're full of piss. (laughs) If you think about it, right. Piss piss and vinegar. You need the vinegar vinegar. though. I know. What if you drink a little vinegar? Does it counter the piss? Drink the vinegar. Drink the vinegar. It's the topsy turvy, the topsy turvy that gout. Ipso facto, it yeah. <laughs> so speaking of sugar, I have a unique and surprisingly delicious beer. Oh, I mentioned it on our Instagram today. On I actually commented on your post with the waffles, mm. and you know what? I must have commented on it and subconsciously decided I was going to drink that because I had no intentions there was no sort of subliminal attempts at being clever or anything but i went to the fridge we're getting ready to podcast i'm like you know what i'm gonna pull out a willet waffle from carton brewery i went to carton i hadn't been there in probably six eight months and it's it's only three miles from me it's really close and they're they're pretty funky unique brewery in atlantic highlands new jersey I like their double seven. They got some good beers. They do so many different versions of that. Like they, yeah. that's like their base. And then they do, they had a, a tasting this past weekend where they had like, I think six or eight different versions of that one. And they're all nice. local zip codes they use. And they just do a different variety based on the personality of the zip code, which is kind of cool. That's pretty cool. But they had some stuff on, uh, at during new year's day that they released and they, they had some, unbelievable beers and i think i've already had one or two of them on the show in the past few weeks but this one i did not have and went there new year's day picked up a four pack went back there i think it was the next weekend so maybe three or four days later and they were sold out of this wow so it went really quick went over well it went over really well so it is called willet waffle it is a pastry cream ale Dude, that sounds delicious doesn't even sound real yeah Pastry cream ale. Like you put pastry and cream in it. That's awesome. It's so freaking, it's really tasty. It's brewed with with waffles, almond, vanilla, banana, and maple syrup. So they put waffles in it. Yes. The realm of the pastry chef essentially breaks down into two distinct arenas. Decadent rock your world chocolate confections and the necessarily more creative shake your beliefs non-chocolate creations. Pastry nice. cream ales are our foray into the non-chocolate creations. Uh, sweeter side of inspiration from the other side of the dessert menu. It is an imperial cream ale brewed with almond flour, maple syrup, Belgian waffles, bananas, and vanilla. Hmm. So I got to tell you, it does. It, it tastes like if you dunked a waffle in a really good like lager. Nice. I mean, and I'm talking... Or you took a waffle with whipped cream and bananas and syrup and then poured a little bit of beer on it. Make a shake. How about a, a lot of beer? Beer, beer with a waffle shake. Or perhaps you were having soup. And by soup, you mean you just poured a bunch of beer in a bowl and then put a waffle in that bowl. 
that works. Wow. It's just, it, it should be overly sweet and disgusting and syrupy, but it's light. Like it just, nice. it drinks very light, which is weird because it's, it's a 10% beer. Hmm. So it's pretty heavy, but it's not overly syrupy. It's not overly sweet. You're definitely getting vanilla and this in the maple syrup flavor. It's, you're not going to, it's not an everyday beer. You're not going to have it with probably not have it with food. Not it's a breakfast, just, not everyday breakfast. It's a, it's a Saturday morning Sunday brunch, breakfast. breakfast. Perfect for Sunday brunch before your food comes out. You want to drink this whole beer and then have your, uh, eggs benedict or whatever your or crepes crepes would be fantastic after having nice maybe chicken and waffles waffles. fantastic boom so that waffle picture that is i gotta say that's an every other week occurrence so when melanie makes waffles she makes a shit ton of waffles at one time and it's smart because she takes them some go in the freezer some go in the fridge but when you look at it at first, it's like a nice, that was like after we ate a good bit, like Bodie and I just ate some waffles. Just rip into those waffles. <sighs> you it's know that- so bad for me, but I'm like, I can't. And she actually makes them with half Kodiak cake now. So it's like half Kodiak cake and half, half waffle mix. Ah, they're delicious. You know, Kodiak cakes are based out of Park City, Utah. Nice. That's why they're good. That's why they're good. See, I friggin' love waffles. Yeah, I try to make them like every weekend now. Whenever I'm around, I'm making waffles. Yeah, I did the almond flour waffles the last couple months. I'm gonna try a coconut flour waffle this weekend. Let's see Ooh, how that goes. All fancy. How about with coconut, like butter, or instead of you know coconut? Well, I use coconut oil for my waffle iron for the uh, yeah. There you the, go. The lubricant to lube it up. But yeah, I'm gonna do the coconut waffles this weekend, and then I may just do the Frankenstein, the coconut slash almond like mix them together make a hybrid waffle watch put mct oil in it coconut mct that's not a bad idea the thing is the almond flour recipe has so much butter and almond butter already it's got a lot of like goo you substitute the butter a little bit with some of the it, it actually says you could yeah it's true the coconut oil would work as like a big wad of that in there but the yeah. but butter is near mct then it's healthy for you the butter is so good Justify. Oh, we put real at that Butterbell. I tell you what, ever, ever since Nick turned me on to that Butterbell. Shout out I to Nick and the Butterbell. Nick and the Butterbell bought off of Amazon for, I think it was like seven bucks. Game Best changer. Bucks. Game Dude, changer. People love throwing that word game changer around like those, that vegan diet nonsense. Yeah. A Butterbell is a game changer because you can game have room changer. temperature butter all the goddamn time. Well, the best thing, it's funny. Like, I remember Nick telling me, he's like, look, if you go into the Butterbell, he's like, I'll warn you ahead of time. He's like, you're not going to realize it until it happens, but you are going to lose your shit when you go for butter and there's no butter in that goddamn Butterbell. You're going to be like, I can't go back to hard butter. This is bullshit. And you know what happened to me the first time? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you ready to eat something and there's no fresh creamy butter like i gotta go with the stick and ah it's just a shit show like a goddamn animal <laughs> yeah like a like a caveman what the hell that <laughs> we've evolved i will say though <laughs> body wise if you're familiar with the movie dodgeball when, <laughs> when you buy the butter bell you're like uh what's ben stiller's character's name again <laughs> yes um white uh white what the white goodman white goodman you're kind of start out looking like him and then after a few months of the Butterbell, you look like him after he gets fired and gets all fat. It's just yeah. going to happen because you're just going to take in a lot of butter. Well, it's you not know, the butter's fault. It's the other. It's the, <laughs> it's the shit you're putting the butter on. But you, when you have the Butterbell, 
it's so easily accessible creamy butter. You realize you're putting butter on everything. So you notice it right away in your purchase history. You're like, shit, I'm buying butter again. Like I used to not have to buy butter except for like maybe once every few weeks. Now I'm buying like, you know, I'm buying the three pack in Costco of the Kerrygold. Kerrygold. And I'm trying to go every week. I'm like, that, that's another thing that happens too. Like you realize you start yeah. eating like ghetto butter, like the stock, like shop right butter. Go back. You're okay. like, I've, I've already, I've crossed over to the carry gold. Like I can't go back. No, I do carry gold every once in a while. If I'm in a, I'm in a pinch, I got to get the ghetto butter. I'll get it. I won't like it, but I usually have the carry gold in the freezer and the fridge. Just get the Costco has a great deal on it. You just chuck them in the freezer. Yeah. And pull them out one at a time. Yeah. Well, too, you look at the carry gold. It's, it's actually golden it's yellow it's this beautiful mm-hmm. rich color and you go and buy the ghetto you know supermarket brand butter and it's just white yeah and like imagine hey, going uh, imagine going from the butterbell soft carry gold to the hard in there to the hard shitty supermarket brand butter you're like you know what <laughs> life is not worth living anymore Hey, you might as well just go to Lard at that point. You might as well. Where's the Crisco? I'll just oh, eat Crisco. <laughs> lard Bell. <laughs> lard Bell. <laughs> hey, can you give me the Lard Bell? Shaped like a pig. Dude, I'll even tell you that carry gold in the Butter Bell is so good. I'll occasionally just take a little spoon and just like just eat a spoonful of it because it's just that goddamn good. Like I need a little some some. I try to go to the store every week and get some Italian bread and I cut it up and freeze it. And I don't use it for sandwiches or some other stuff. Right. But when I cut it up, I usually take the ends off. And I scoop out the carry gold. Oh. And I just go, ah, oh, fresh bread. Oh my God. It's all awesome. Just the nub, <laughs> just the nub, just the two nubs just, on either side. Just dipping the nub in the butter. Oh, it's great. But, uh, ah, life is good. If anybody doesn't know, look up Butterbell. You can get on Amazon, you get anywhere. And it's this, it's a, it's a great concept because you have a, a it's like a dish like a you know, just like a bowl with water in it. You put water in it, and then you have this butter bell that you put upside down, and it basically holds all the butter. And mine's made out of ceramic, and then they fit perfectly together. And what happens is the water seals up around the butter so that there's no air, so it stays stays good. And I think a lot of the misconceptions people have is, oh, butter's in the fridge. You know, we got to put butter in the fridge or it's going to go bad. It doesn't go bad. It'll go rancid after a long time. But you have a butter bell. That stuff isn't sitting around a lot. You are eating a lot of butter and it's going quickly. <laughs> yes, you definitely you know? will, will jack up your butter consumption. And if you're baking every once in a while, you empty the butter bell. You're like, I ain't, I ain't leaving some some butter out to... Oh, I got I got in the butter bell. Why well, am I gonna right? And you will again, you're gonna get the good butter then, and you're gonna use your finger to scoop out that last little bit and just eat it because it's just that damn good. That's right. Yeah, we usually empty that thing. But so yummy. Mm. Now I want bread with, with butter bell butter. Dude, I'm Jones and we how, why isn't there like a late night bakery? All the bakeries open like super early, like a late night bakery. Like oh, like open up at like midnight, like Krispy Kreme, but for bread, not for donuts. Well, like yeah, a nice little mini, by like three o'clock, right? The good bakeries usually. Yeah, I want a nice place where I get a nice little baguette, like right now. I like that. Open up at like four p.m. for dinner time, and then late night, like a slacker bakery. Yeah, the slackery. You get you get like instead of hot bread, you get warm bread. Everything's a little bit less effort in there 
we'll take it. It's all right. All right. So with that, we're going to go. We're not going to waste any time. Let's go to Ski News. First up, we've been talking about coronavirus. Everybody's talking about the coronavirus. We haven't made our official declaration for a pandemic, but the folks in Italy, World Cup finals will be held without spectators due to the coronavirus. Wow. Panic. Are they going to have like, uh, like instead of a laugh track, like a clap track where they have like cheering? Just a bunch of... Uh, There's mine. There you go. It'll be like the old black. You just do that. Somebody skis down and that's what they get for the crowd. Green screen. Yeah. A bunch of green screen fake people there. Oh, they can have virtual... um, what are the they VR goggles? They, their goggles could actually have the VR of the crowd in there. It was a little robot, the virtual presence. They could have a little virtual presence, like attend. Yeah. <laughs> they could have a whole bunch of hitch spots in the crowd. Whatever you want to choose. Spot. Whatever yeah. works for the skier, they can have that as their, their crowd based on what it motivates and inspires them. Hitch spot with weed. If you put like a pound of weed in a hitch spot, how far would it get if you stay away from Philly? Not far, not far at all. Yeah. Well, the thing is, people got to open it up. So, who's trusting enough just to take it and move it, right? Surprise. Surprise. So, International Ski Federation official told Swedish television on Wednesday that the Alpine Skiing World Cup finals scheduled for next month in Italy will be held without any fans in attendance due to the concern over the coronavirus. Wow. Northern Italy has been hit by an outbreak of the virus, which has killed. 12 whole people and infected 400 whole people in Italy. Hmm. The World Cup finals will be held between March 18th to the 22nd in Cortina de Ampezzo, the site of the 2026 Winter Olympic ski events. And site of me breaking my shoulder. That's where I broke my shoulder. That's true. As it stands, Cortina is still where the competition will be held, but with no fans, FIS event director Marcus Waldner told public broadcaster SVT. Waldner went on to say, this could change in the coming days. Denmark has confirmed its first case of the coronavirus after a man who returned from a ski trip in northern Italy tested positive for the disease. Damn. Yeah. So a lot of hype. A lot of, a lot of uh, people panicking, freaking out. I get why they're doing it. It's smart to be a little more. Well, I wonder what other events. So this is just an example. And I've been following um, Tokyo. And Tokyo, they're saying they're still, they announced, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that they're going to put the games on as planned. They're not going to cancel games. I guess it's up to everybody if they want to compete and attend. But they're supposed to have a big... Um, I don't know if it was a marathon or some some big race, I think, in the next week or two or this month and or in March. Uh, but they were they're thinking about canceling. They were thinking about canceling it and they decided that they were only going to allow the world class athletes to compete. It wasn't going to be totally open mm-hmm. to anybody that qualified. So they were limiting the field, but they're they were concerned about corona and they're saying they came out and said, you know. I believe that was official. I was watching the news and uh, they said they're going to have the Tokyo Olympics as planned. Yeah, so. They said they have three months to 
to change their plans if they decide to. But as of now, yeah, they're going to go ahead. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the world cup event being, uh, being changed like this. I don't know. I don't know what's next. Crazy. What's going to be just creepy to watch. It'd be like training, right? It's, it's going to be kind of like just training like them going through training, right? Like they'll keep time and okay, great. Do their own thing. Yeah. Is that the future? Is that where it goes, Brian? Very uh, sterile existence. Watch, watch it at home. Don't go out. There are people doing stuff out on the TV, but you got to be home. Stay getting out and watch it. I'm thinking this pandemic could turn into a pandemic where everyone just is in their own vans. Oh, it's kind of quarantined in their vans. A pandemic. Think about that. Yeah. A pandemic. Pandemic. I think, think that's what it. we should call it. Yep. All right. Next up, we have in Aspen, billionaires and baristas. So uh, there's basically the article saying it's the only place where millionaires need affordable housing. And they're telling the story about uh, Tim Forster, um, who won the lottery. And he said he was pleasantly surprised. So they're saying he actually got the news that he won the Aspen housing lottery, meaning that he will be able to buy a subsidized home in the famous resort town, which for years has either been near the top of the list of most uh, near or at the top of the list of most expensive residential real estate markets in the United States. So winning the lottery means he has a chance to buy a condo uh, that's still pretty as pretty expensive, but not as expensive as it might be without Aspen's robustly interventionist local housing authority. So um, this whole article is just infuriating. Yeah, I want to fire bomb everything. Like, but they're saying like it's yeah, it's so they're saying some of the deed restricted property sell for upwards of one million dollars, um, and that is by local standards a bargain. So they're saying the affordable housing that they're talking about. Um, let's see. They talk about one part where a family earning nearly three hundred thousand dollars a year with just under one million in assets is enough, which was be enough to put you into the nation's 98th income percentile is in this absurd and absurdly beautiful place eligible for housing assistance. Isn't that crazy? Like housing assistance. And it just talks about all, you know, mentions a lot of the different folks who have property there, who have homes there. And they said that, um, you know, David Koch, the guy who, you know, the Koch brother guy who died has mm. two homes. His brother has four. Uh, Abramovich, doesn't he own like, uh, one of like, like Chelsea, a couple of big, like a big soccer team. And, Oh yeah, that's right. He's got two. the Waltons, you know, like they have them there. Packs of two packs of fours, a few houses here and there. Bezos and Michael Dell have them for their parents there. And they have this very, you know, the the thing about the way it's set up is there's only so much land available because of national parks and the the shape of the mountains. They really can't just keep expanding. It's just not geographically possible. And they, you know, the, the traffic in there, the partying, the chaos, a lot of the locals are like, well, we should probably stop that and, you know, try to cap it and not allow so many more people in there. But then all the people own houses there who go there for one week out of the year are like, hey, 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 if we don't let these people come in and spend their money, our taxes are going to go up. 
Yeah. So basically, if you're going to Aspen and you're going out to fancy dinners and buying overpriced drinks, you're subsidizing all these multi-multi-millionaire slash billionaires lifestyle is really what this article is telling us. It's affordable help for the rich and famous. Exactly. Yeah. You're if making you, the mega rich richer. If rich wasn't wasn't enough, right? Mm-hmm. And then like they're saying like people who are baristas who work at ski shops, who work at the mountain, like they can't even afford to live anywhere near the place. And this happens in a lot of ski towns. There's um I was actually looking at property in Jackson Hole when we went and afterwards, and there's a lot of properties that are listed that you you can't live there yourself. You have to rent it out to a local working uh worker. Mm-hmm. So because it's part of um I guess their affordable worker housing. So I'm like, that's kind of bullshit. I don't want to buy a place like that. I want a baller pad that I could just zip in on. Well, then you better have at least $5 million. <laughs> that's the problem. For a two-bedroom condo, yeah. A baller two-bedroom I, condo. Yeah. So they want me to own a place and rent it out to somebody, but I want to re- live in there. Yeah. Well, you can get, get a job working in a ski shop. There you go. Get a See? part-time job when I'm in, when I'm in town. Yeah. Well, we could have a podcast studio out there. Then we'll be local workers. I like I like your style. Got to right be there. a way to hustle the system. Well, you know, they talk about the uh, you know we were out there in Jackson Hole talking to some folks. They said one of the the good ski bum jobs out there is house sitting. You know, these oh yeah, they have these giant homes. They want to make sure everything is watched over, taken care of. Make thousand bucks a month just sitting there, making sure the house didn't explode. And a free place, you get free room and board. Free room and board. Set up a podcast studio there. No, yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. That's a good bum lifestyle. I think that might be the uh, that might be a I'm writing that one down ski bum podcast at gmail.com. If you need house sitting services in Jackson Hole, tell your ride where else? Whitefish, Montana. So, how about this? We sit in a bunch of different houses, and then when it's not being used, we Airbnb out the room. (laughs) 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 When the owner's away, they don't know who's playing. It's like Silicon Valley, right? When Jared couldn't use his condo. That's it, man. Because his Airbnb guy, he subsidized or sub uh, leased it out to somebody else. Yeah. So what we do is we have in our contract that the owner has to give us one week notice when they're going to come out. So this way you can get everything ready for them. Preferably a month notice. Exactly. This way you can rent it out and you got your Airbnbs going. That could be very lucrative. (laughs) But yeah, this article, I mean, it really it really gets very in depth about the wealth and the means that people have. It's crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, you really, you can't touch anything out there. It's crazy. And you thought our politicians are rich. Yeah. Right. Nothing. They're paupers compared to what they're mentioning in this article. The 1% of the 1%. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to feel poor, and like an asshole, we have a link to this article on skibonepodcast.com. Boom. All right, next up then, a day for Jake. So this was something really cool that that Burton has put together. And, you know, just recently, uh, Jake Burton Carpenter passed away due to cancer. And what they ended up doing... Uh, Burton uh, and a bunch of other resorts all over the world decided to to pick a day and to offer free lift passes to 
to board and to remember Jake Burton and everything he brought to the industry. I mean, he was, he pretty much put snowboarding on the map and kept the ski industry alive, kept a lot of mountains alive. So we really do all of us, whether we're skiers or boarders, owe him a debt of gratitude. And they're also asking for a donation here, which is pretty cool. Um, they're working with the the Chill Foundation, which I think is either owned or, or run by the folks at Burton. And it serves, has served more than 25,000 young people since the program began. It works with social service agencies, mental health agencies, foster care programs, juvenile justice programs and schools and local communities around the world through snowboarding. It focuses on the resiliency of its participants, helping them to realize alternatives beyond the struggles they face. Wow. So a bunch of different mountains are going to partake in this and offer free tickets on March 13th. So you have absolute park in Austria, Avorias, France, bear mountain, California, big sky, Montana, Woodward, Boreal, and Tahoe, Boyne Mountain in Michigan, Copper and Woodward in Colorado, Cypress Mountain in uh, British Columbia, Lax in Switzerland, Madonna di Campiglio in Italy. That's where uh, Rem just went, ski club just went there. Yeah. Madonna di Campagnola. Madonna di Campagnola. Seki Onsen in Miyoko, Japan, Stratton in Vermont, and Summit at Snoqualmie in Washington. So there's only one Vermont mountain that participates. Very strange. Very strange considering that Jake was a a Vermont guy, but you know, it's, it's cool that they're actually doing this. Yeah. Very cool. This is great. They're doing it. So if you want to get a free, a free uh, lift ticket, any one of those places to support, Jake, uh, everything he's he built that he created and to help the folks at Chill. This is a, the way to do it. A day for Jake.com. Very cool. All right, next up. This is something that's near and dear to us. If you've been fans of the podcast, I think around the time we started the podcast, we went to this place they talk about. So uh, the place is Ischgl in Austria makes... It's Hollywood debut. So I haven't seen this movie yet. I think it's it's out now, right? I think it um, just came out a week or two ago. So um, the movie Downhill. Uh, so they have an article. This is from the Ishkill, Ishkill.com. So they're promoting it because uh, Will Farrell and Julia Louise Dreyfus um, were in Ishkill. And they filmed that movie Downhill there, which is a comedy with the two of them. Uh, both funny, so hopefully it's a good movie. But Ishkill's pretty cool, and they actually, you know, they they talk about Ishkill, and it's it's funny that now Hollywood's probably going to look at this and say, "Hey, we didn't realize this place was there." And meanwhile, Ski Bums have been telling people about this Ballarat place, Mickey Krause, Peter Wackel. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about this Lorenz is where we Buffel. Lorenz Buffel. This is where we found them. This is uh, Shotzi, Shotzi Bar. Um, the Kushtal. So they actually talk about, um, it gives, so this is from Mishko.com. So they're promoting the town and they talk about the gondola. They talk about, you know, um, the area, the shops, the village tunnel, which was pretty cool. They had the escalators and the tunnels. Remember we're like going from one end to the other. And well, what the hell is this? It's a 
it's a moving sidewalk and escalator is interesting. What's cool too, is they had all these posters in there of all the different acts that have performed there. And you're looking at it. You're like, Holy crap. There's some like legit bands that have played. Cause they have a big festival there every, I think it's usually like April ish, like end of ski season. Yeah. And it is huge. We Massive. talk about a big thing. It's like, and they have, and their, their font for their, for Ishkel, they use like what is it like the not the Def Leppard, but the um, yeah, a little bit. It looks Def, Def Leppard. Leopardy, yeah, a little Def Leppard because I think that was one of their first bands that came out and did a big concert there, and it was just so. I tell you what, so from being there, the place is amazing. They talk about the Apre ski bars and they talk about Shotzi bar and Kushtal, which we stayed in the hotel that is just above the Kushtal, which has an amazing spa in it. That was the place with the environment shower and the different saunas and oh, it was relaxation rooms and oh, it, was, it was pretty cool. And that's included in the, um, the Silverata sport hotel. Silverado Sport Hotel. Yep. And that's right across from the gondola. So it was, it was really cool. But um, yeah, so they talk about the whole area and, and everything. And um, it's pretty interesting when we were there. Uh, and we tell the story all the time that, you know, they made a special, special request that we come down to like the, uh, what is it, like the local, what would you call it? Like the Welcome Center or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we go down there and they're like, you're the first big group from America that's ever come out here. We're like, what do you mean? Like, we're goddamn Lewis and Clarks. Yeah. We're like, what? They're like, so if you ever go there, you'll notice it's it's mainly a place that's on the UK map. Like, so a lot of Brits go there, Australians, like it's on the map for Germans, Germans, like all over. Like, so Definitely, it's a Euro- European hotspot. Um, the skiing was great. We had some great days there, right? We had powder yeah. days, and uh, you're skiing between Austria and Switzerland. So uh, it was pretty interesting. So this is pretty cool if you want to read up about it. And um, riding too. Oh yeah, that's where I. Uh, I, I still got that scar on my shin. Freaking showing bone, pretty much, right? Yeah, that freaking idiot decided to stop in the middle of the hill and uh, pull his uh, his sled up and. I couldn't stop, so just crashed into him. Yeah, the death sleds they they put you, put you on these, you know, little little wooden sleds. Was it like seven o'clock at night? Oh yeah, and, and you're we hammered were, already. Oh, we were drinking schnapps the whole gondola ride up, and you yep. get on these. There's there's some Australian dude like just there sitting there smoking, like handing these sleds. They're like, how do you use it? They're like, no English, and just send you down the hill. Take the thing and go. That's it. He just pointed. Go yeah. over there. So it's yeah, a, it's a it's a crazy place. Yeah, it's really again the town wow. is fantastic. Speckstuba. We would just get like Speckstuba. We ate so much meat, meat chips, meat chips and sausages, Lanyagers. It was just oh, ah, it was so good. And it's the bar, definitely a jewel. When you get there, you're like, this place is amazing. Like, dude, people. I mean, your mind. Apresiki starts at ten in the morning. I mean, people, it doesn't end. People, it really doesn't. People are just boozing all the time. So the first night there, we were up, I think we're walking, just checking out the town. I think it was like 12 or one in the morning. And I think we're drinking bourbon or something on the, on the deck of the place, just looking at stuff. And we saw these British guys walking. It was like 12, one o'clock in the morning, still in their ski stuff, still in their ski boots and just hammered. And they obviously just came out of a bar and it's like, Wow. So they were partying hard from probably like 
three or four o'clock in the afternoon until about. I'm pretty sure they didn't come off the gondola at four. I'm sure they were probably drinking by noon. Yeah, uh, they were hammered, but you know, it's all it's different kind of fun. You know, they're not looking to break anything. Like you know, they were just kind of having fun, singing, dancing, and and the nice thing is, there's no women to assault there because all just guys partying. If you do go with any women, make sure you keep an eye on them because it is like the sharks are going to feed, you know, any, any women, there's blood in the water, you know? <laughs> so there's definitely, it's definitely a curve. Things are graded on. Well, when, when we're hanging out with a ski club that usually frequents New York city and crowds and they're used to the pushing and whatever, you know, happens. And one of the girls says, somebody bit my neck. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is going on in this place? So, yeah, people get handsy. Uh, there's a lot of like, oh, these stripper cool. like, there's, there's a lot of like stripper like women at the bars though. Like they had girls dancing on top of tables and dancing on bars. It was like everywhere you went, there's like all girls. The, uh, the Eastern Europeans they ship in there for the winter. Oh yeah, they all worked there, and it was like they they were dancing as part of like the entertainment. It was pretty pretty interesting. But... It is definitely a, uh, would you say like six to one? Male to I would, female. I would just do it percentage wise. It's about ninety to ninety five percent dudes. <laughs> talk talk about a sausage fight, uh, sword fight, sausage party, whatever you want to call it. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sausage fest. Well, you know, skiing for the most part is 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 male dominant, but this is this is an, a complete extreme. Yeah. I mean, I equate it to like here in the U S there's a lot of guys that get together and they go on like golf trips. So it seems like That's a, a lot of people in Europe get together and they go on these ski trips, which is, I like it better anyway. So, Oh yeah. So it's golf is, about the same. Golf is boring as fuck compared to skiing. And there was a guy, <laughs> there was a guy on a trip that went to a, uh, what the hell do they call it? A table dance place. So I guess it's kind of like a strip bar, but it's table dancing only. And he said he had the worst story. He was like, you go in there and you pay like a hundred euros to just get a, a room. And then you got to pay like another hundred euros to get something to drink. And then he's like, and then the girl comes and she wants to dance for you. But then she has to give you the sob story about where she grew up and how she needs money and all the stuff. And he's like, I just want to go home right now. <laughs> he's like, it's like, she wouldn't even pee on me. Like I had to like <laughs> give her an extra 300 freaking euros for that. He said he spent like three or 400 euros and she like didn't even dance. He's like, I, I just want to go home. Like, he's like, this is so not worth it. Uh, but he wanted to do it just to see what it was about. It was pretty funny. It's all about having that story, right? Yeah, it was a good story though. Cause I'm, I remember it and I'm like, wow, that's probably the worst story ever. Yeah. So Ishkill, we have links to it. It's, it's a, a crazy, amazing place. Well, speaking of stories and having to, I don't even, I barely even want to report on this story, but we responded to it or posted on, on our, uh, on Twitter and Facebook yesterday. What did we post? I hope she gets coronavirus. Uh, Hashtag. She probably oh. has it already. Yeah, that's right. She's patient zero. Again, we found this. Uh, Chelsea Handler celebrates 45th birthday skiing bottomless while drinking margarita and smoking joint. That's fantastic. If you and think that's good, we posted attention whore does cliche attention whore thing because that's exactly what this is. That's totally what it is. 
Yeah, like, oh my God, look, I'm drinking. Oh my God, I'm smoking pot. Oh my God, I don't have pants on. You're just like, yeah. I just, I've had enough of her after the first few iterations of her face when she like, started stand up. Like, do we care? Yeah, no. I don't care. I don't know who cares. And I'm sure she there's. Supposedly has these wild stories of like doing stuff when she was younger. And I'm like, I still don't care. I really don't. Like, she looks like she's like 65, not 45. Yeah, she has a definitely has been in the sun a lot. Ridden hard and put up wet, as they say. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to 45 with my margarita, my marijuana, and my mountain. Oh my god, that's like so cool. Like it's just it's corny, it's stupid, it's it's hilarious. There's gonna be a bunch of people trying to do this for their birthday. Like, I gotta do this on my birthday. This is great, marijuana and the but they're gonna do it in like Vermont and get arrested or something. This is something a lonely 45-year-old woman would do. Yeah. Notice she's skiing alone. Boom. Skiing alone. Just got to say it. Just got to say it. The barren womb of hers. Never had anything come out of it. It's not what you're doing. It's the person you are. Yeah, pretty much. That that gets you the uh, glorious ability to ski alone anytime you want. Just a sad, empty, lonely gal. Hashtag sad. Trying to pretend that she's fun and cool. Hashtag crocodile tears. Hashtag sad. Yeah. This is what it sounds like when whores cry. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like... Uh, Hot dog down a hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to give a a tic-tac-toe whale. I wish with the... uh, You didn't have her pants on. If it was like... With the wind kind of going through it. Uh, it's hilarious. Like a like an oboe. <laughs> <laughs> or like a recorder. Like a, like a vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday, Chelsea. Hope you had a great one. <laughs> and that wraps up the old ski news for the week. Old Forrester says, F you, Chelsea. That's right. Prohibition style, old Forrester says. That's right. This is how you do your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Have a goddamn bottle of old Forrester. That's right. While doing a podcast. While doing a podcast. She has a podcast, podcast, doesn't she? I'm sure she does. I'm sure it sucks. That's right. We're starting. We got beef with Chelsea. We got beef. Yeah. We got beef. Beef. We got beef with her and Kim Jong il. So anyway, on the main topic, if you have enjoyed the last two week, last two episodes over the last two weeks, it's like a residency. We'll say it's a it residency, was sort of residency. It was the car chronicles of myself and Rich from All About Opry, and our journey out to Western New York to Chautauqua County, Ellicottville, Holiday Valley. We had a lot of fun doing those those recaps and had a great time in those spots. And now we have one final conversation. Nice. And this conversation took place the first week we did it. We had just gone to multiple tastings of beers and wines. Last week's was actually us going to the airport to Buffalo to fly home. This last one is going to be us after we landed Back in lovely, picturesque winter wonderland, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey. 
beautiful right. Newark, New Jersey, beautiful actually Newark. driving home and kind of uh, having the recap of our day at Hollymont, which is also in Ellicottville on the other side of the mountain where Holiday Valley was, which was a really fun, cool experience, but very different in terms of the setup, the layout, the target demographic. So we recapped that and just did a general overview of the trip of Ellicottville of Western New York, what it was like being out there. So we hope you enjoy this final car Chronicles episode. All right. So it's Brian and Rich again, car Chronicles number four. Four? It's actually four. Is it four? We did break the first we one up did. into two. That was a 10 minute job. Because yeah. we had the 7 uh, Eleven break. Nothing beats a 10 minute job. That's true. But that's right. We are back in the dirty jurors, <laughs> screaming down the parkway. It's like a, a bad game of Frogger out here. The picturesque Garden State Parkway. Oh, yeah, we were when we, when we last left our Cape Crusaders. I believe we we're back at, at Il Villaggio, yeah? Yes. Hanging out with Nick, who, um, as one fellow described him, a uh, character from Goodfellas or Casino. <laughs> he, uh, he had, uh, I don't know, he had this voice, his voice uh, uh, real deep and raspy, like like I just ate a drill bit kind of voice. Yeah. But it, uh, what a freaking cool guy. Like, oh, yeah. I, like we said earlier, I, I could have, I didn't have to go anywhere else that night. I could have hung out with, with him and, and Pete and Sam uh, from the brewery and the winery and just been a happy, happy man. But, you know, duty calls. And, and we did, we did have, it, we, it would have been an injustice if we did not check out some other places. Yeah, there was a bunch of them on our, our list or our itinerary. And it seemed like the more folks we talked to, the more places we were told to go, but also really narrowed down where we had to go. Yeah. And, and had to just to get a kind of a scope of of what Ellicottville is about, you know, like with the, the late night life and everything like that. But quite honestly, if I went back, the two or three other places that we had on our list would be would be prime stops for me for sure. All right. So we went to the gin mill first, which we got as a recommendation from a number of people, not not to mention from our good buddy. Um, the big sexy, not the big sexy, but his buddy, uh, he said they have the absolute best wings, which unfortunately we did not get because we had eaten about, oh, I don't know, 7,000 times by that point yesterday. Yeah. I think I, I think I mentioned when we were there that I have broken a record for the most number of days in a row eating tater tots since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a lot of tots. There were tots everywhere. I, I know. I wanted to get tots at EBC too. I mean, there was like pulled pork on the tots. There oh, was. I forgot about those. The, the, the pulled pork tots. Those were solid. Yeah. In my head, they were beef short ribs, <laughs> but I know in reality it was actually pulled pork. <laughs> you which wanted them to be short ribs, didn't you? I really did. Yeah. Now, wasn't there something else short rib related that we were supposed to get yesterday, but did not? I don't know, man. Oh, at um, Holiday Valley, wasn't there a? Um, oh. The braised short rib. Braised mac short and rib cheese. mac and cheese. Yeah. That's right. We got into uh, an interesting conversation with the food and beverage guy about that. But yeah, so we went to the gin mill, which is so it's brand new. It's been it's been an establishment for a while, but they just moved and it's and I guess doubled their capacity. And I, this was my kind of place. This is where you know this is where I would definitely hang out. Live band. I'm, I'm a sucker for live music. And I mean, it was crowded. It was ass and elbows for sure. But uh, great beer selection. I actually had a beer called, I can't remember who, who brewed it, but it was called Pills Mafia. 
little yeah. play, little play, little playoff Bills mafia, but uh, but a Pilsner, obviously. And uh, that was that was crushable. I was digging that. Yeah, I had to switch to a uh, vodka and soda at that point. I was just so bloated and beard out. I just after after the Ellicott Brewing Company and the couple beers at uh, Villaggio, I'm like, I gotta have something else. So I switched to the vodka soda. It's a bold, it's a bold uh, move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. It was a very, it was, it was wonderful for my tummy. I will tell you that. The bubbles and the effervescence definitely got me settled, which was nice. So we, while we were there, the, the one thing that I noticed is was the wide range of ages out yes. everywhere. I was sitting next to a woman who had to be about 85. And then on the other side of me was a woman and her boyfriend. I'm assuming it was her boyfriend. I don't know. He just kind of stood there and smiled, um, which is what most boyfriends do, I guess. And Plus, she, he was Canadian. He was Canadian. But I don't think we should hold that against him. Canadians are just so nice. That's what he was doing. Like He's like, oh, my yeah. girlfriend's getting hit on air, hitting on this guy, and it doesn't even matter. Yeah, hey, hey. And <laughs> Sorry, sorry. She, well, she had to be like 23. Dude, she was definitely under 25. Yeah, let's put it this way. She knew how to use TikTok, which that's something I, I, I can't even branch into yet. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so she made us do what? What kind of shot? It was a Princess Peach. <laughs> princess Peach, which you knew exactly who this character was. Well, she was like, it's the Mario Kart character. And I was like, huh, Prince? Because like, she had to say Princess Peach like six times because I, I had no idea what she was talking about the first five. And she then she described it as a Super Mario Kart character. And I was like, oh, Princess Peach, gotcha. And she's like, yeah. Like, she was just so happy. Very happy. And wow, what a shot that was. It, it tasted exactly what you think it would taste like. Yeah. It was like peach schnapps and like sugar probably vodka I, I don't even know what the hell was in there and then of course we had to reciprocate so we brought them low grade tequila which was the worst move in the history of moves well it was what 1800 there was no way that was 1800 that was no it was it was more like 1250 yeah for the bottle about 350 <laughs> yeah it was, little, it was uh, like trace comas oh god it, it was, was a burner it, yeah it's still burning yeah, that was a rough one and i think now this girl again very nice canadian I guess, did they actually ski? No, she, she said they drank all day. Yes. This was the kind of crew they were. They she said, was an opera all day kind of girl. <laughs> they started pretty early. And we were there, what, around 9 o'clock-ish? No, I think it had to be later than that. It was later? It had to be like 10 because... Oh, because we went for socks. Yeah, and then we went back to yeah, Villaggio. because I because I, re I remember we got back at around a little after midnight. Because we left the, the brew, uh, EBC at 8 got to the sock place yeah. and then Velagio. bottom line is bottom line is we met so many great people and had so many great conversations that we couldn't leave places to go see other places like I legitimately need another three days there just to make sure you know just to try out some of these other fantastic spots that that exist down there and that uh, you know I'm a little bit bummed that we didn't get the opportunity to uh, be able to take in and a couple of extra livers wouldn't hurt either oh my god it's like pop one out pop another one in like a uh yeah, I mean, I can drink with the best of them, but these 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 people can throw down. So yeah, so this couple, this girl and this guy, they were like, "So you guys getting shit faced tonight?" We're like, uh, "No." Yeah, like, yeah, they were they were pretty hammered. Yeah, that was, but that seemed to be again like a theme through every place we went is that people were just going hard in the paint, like they were really there to get pretty much trashed. <laughs> It's true. I guess if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking back uh, back at this chronicle, yeah, from from our snowmobiling friends to <laughs> our friends at the uh, 
at the gin mill, and then oh god, and then we had to go. We had to go to balloons because once the, I guess did the band finish or did we bounce when the band was still on? I think the band was still on. Yeah, they were good. They were, I don't know who they were, but they were really good. But then we we had to check out balloons because balloons is like balloons and Madigans are like the two late night spots, kind of club club ish. Not really my scene, but if you're if you're looking for people watching, that is where you want to be. What a what a what a shit show and a half that is. Well, one last comment on our our friends, the Canadians. It seemed like so they they were drinking all kinds of stuff and they were loving their princess peach shot but it seems like that tequila shot may have destroyed that girl like she, her personality just kind of like shut down after that yeah it was yeah <laughs> it was like the kiss of death and i don't i don't necessarily blame her it was pretty awful it was really bad I'm not mad at her. no not mad at her and we're kind of like ooh, this this could be getting down and dark pretty soon uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get out of here trying to trying not to reminisce about that shot it was, t- it was such crap it was really bad. It was terrible. It was as bad as when we drank Malort. <laughs> it really was. But yeah, so balloons. So balloons is like a club. It, it is a through and through. I mean, it's a bar, but it's a club. And and man, the DJ was the, the DJ was jamming, and there <laughs> there was this group of twelve cougars. I mean, you talk about Cougar Central, and they had come down from Canada, and I guess they do this like once a year where they have these theme trips. And this year, it, it, the uh, the one woman must have told me seventy times that it was trophy wife. That was their theme, which I didn't get any. I didn't understand how any way they were dressed related to a trophy wife. It made no sense to me. But now there's definitely an exchange rate from Canada to U.S. in the definition of a trophy wife, too. Apparently, yeah, in more than yeah, more ways than one. But what really drew them? Well, it wasn't even them that really caught my eye. It was the the dude that was trying to dance with all them and this guy the bald guy the bald guy and he had to be well he had god he was huge he had to be like six foot six like he's monster of a man and he's trying to get down real low arms are flailing it kind of reminded me of uh elaine from seinfeld when she danced and and that that, those were his go-to moves and mike he looked kind of like john malkovich after doing a a little couple lines of coke yeah which is almost every movie but pretty much (laughs) but but yeah so that's what that's what caught my eye as he was trying to dance with all these women and then next thing you know they started talking to us and or me and I, I was kind of being grumpy and yeah. in the corner there at that point and I, and I was just tooling around you know playing playing their game until I had to get the hell out of there um, but yeah we took it in we do we say we came we saw we conquered balloons we took one swift look at Madigan's from across the corner and, and across the the street and the, and the lights were all you know lighting up purple and I was like you know what <laughs> I think I'm done. I think I'm good for tonight. Yeah, and my phone was starting to die, and we've had the the cell signal. They even said on the weekends is actually really bad up there because they don't have a lot of tower bandwidth. And when everyone's in town and everyone's you know on Instagram or doing whatever on their phone, it's tough to get signal and to get um, to get an Uber. So I was like, listen, I have enough. I have enough battery power. I have enough of a coverage now. I can get us an Uber. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Did we? Did we get an Uber? Sure did. Oh, that's right. That guy was nice. It was very nice. Was a nice guy, yeah. It was very nice. And we made it back to Holiday Valley to our beautiful, uh, our beautiful stay at the Tamarack Lodge. And uh, yeah, I mean, semi did it again today. 
Yeah, today was, uh, you know, our, our last day skiing, and we got a, about a half day in at Hollymont. For, put it this way, we got a dozen or more runs in. For many people, that's that's a week. <laughs> uh, for, for us, that's, uh, you know, that's an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, we just, I mean, this place, it is a, technically well, it's we, a- We should talk about where we went first. I think we would be doing Town of Alcaville and injustice oh, if we didn't. Good. Very good point. Yeah, so I, in, you know, I couldn't make coffee in the room this morning. Well, I made it, but in true ski bum style, I made it with paper towels as the filter because we had no filters left for some reason. The when they did the room, they didn't put filters back. I, I don't understand. But anyway, so I, I mean, made, who hasn't used a pair of old tidy whities as a coffee filter before? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, Glenn Plague probably has. I'm sure he has. So it's that, a privilege to drink some of uh, Plague's special brew. Yeah. So that said, I said, well, let's go to this Ellicottville uh, coffee company. It seemed looked like a cool spot. I saw it last night. I drove by. They had a, uh, they have like a little, you know, old ski lift chair sitting out in the front. So I was like, oh, well, it's, we, we should go check that out. And I walk in, and I, I, I am extremely happy that we did go there because for a number of reasons. A, the coffee was some of the best coffee I've ever had in my life. It was delicious. I, I think the, uh, the owner said it was per, uh, a Peruvian coffee or something like that. Yeah, he said Peruvian coffee near the Brazilian and Colombian border. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was delicious. And I, I, I instantly noticed their branding, um, kind of trying to tie in Ellicottville's, you know, all seasons, but also the skiing accent, uh, accent, uh, uh, the skiing component of it. And they have a nice, like, ski lift running through the through their logo it's uh it's a it's a pretty neat thing and they make they make fresh break baked goods on on premise and they're apparently so good there were none left when we got there yeah like yeah, 10 minutes after they yeah were... like the next wave was starting to come back out yeah yeah right it opened at eight we were there at like 805 yeah but what's also cool about the place it's not just a coffee shop it's also an adventure store yeah all like the brands you would think of patagonia uh what else i saw in there uh, like Osprey packs, they had some fishing stuff. Yeah, uh, hiking, paddleboarding, big stand-up paddleboarding. Yes, and we met the owner, John, uh, John, Ran- was it John Rounds, right? Rounds. Yep. Yeah, great guy. Um, he was nice enough to chat with us a little bit, tell us about his his brand, his story, the story of the place, and how it started out as this adventure store, and then was that for twenty five years. His parents, uh, I think, owned it, and then yeah, they started it, started it, and, and then, then it shut down for 25 years. Yeah, and then now it's back as a, and they just added the coffee place uh, last and, summer, right? Yeah, yeah, but I, I gotta imagine he's crushing it because that stuff is that was delicious coffee, so delicious we actually went back to get another cup and route to the airport. Yes, we yeah. certainly did, and they accept Bitcoin. They have a sticker on their window, and I mean that's you know instant street cred apparently in the, <laughs> in the ski bump podcast world. In my world, it is yeah. yes. And yeah, so we then yeah we headed over to Hollymont, which is uh, a private ski club just on the backside of Holiday Valley, and <laughs> instantly walking in, you knew it wasn't yeah you knew you weren't in Kansas anymore, right? I mean, there were like five people hanging out in the lodge. The lodge was practically empty, and I was you know we got some breakfast there, and I'm joking with Rich. I'm like, could you imagine what Mount Snow's Lodge looks like on a Sunday morning, like this week? I mean, it'd be. A thousand X. What was in there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you brought up breakfast. Uh, I mean, I've had I've had some good breakfast sandwiches this weekend, including the the breakfast burrito that we that we created as our own menu at, at uh, Peak and Peak. You're welcome, Peak and Peak. Yeah, but this one at Hollymont was was top top shelf. I mean, as as far as breakfast burritos go, and I've had my fair share in my in my ski heyday. 
this is this ranks right up near the top. Well, it's cool because I guess the the restaurant part of Hollymount is run by a pretty prominent restaurant in Dina's downtown. Right. Yeah. Dina's, yeah, which we were supposed to go to. Sorry, Dina. Sorry, Dina. We'll be back though for sure. But we did get your breakfast sandwich, your breakfast burrito, which um, kudos to you. You're crushing the breakfast burrito scene. And yeah, like it's you know when you hear private ski club, you think fancy, pretentious. And that's kind of a word I've been saying a lot this week, pretentious, and the lack of pretentiousness at Holiday Valley in Ellicottville, all the people we hung out with. It was the same thing here. Like, again, a private ski club, but it was just very nice, clean, simple. Nothing, it wasn't like marble bathrooms. No. It was just, it was simple, but it was, everything was purposeful and just nice. That's a, that's a great point. And I think about that because I, because I, I before the Hermitage, which was the uh, uh, Haystack Mountain, which was a private ski club for a few years until they got shut down. And I, I'd been there, and they have like a seventy thousand dollar lot, or you know, I for a seventy million dollar lodge or something like that that they built. And it is, you know, every bit of of the exact opposite of what you're describing, where you know you, you're you have basically mostly lodge members who. Uh, you know, do their you know do their hair in the morning and, and you know put little curls and, and, and put their beanie on and have the little curls coming out the side and that's all they do. They don't really actually ski. They yeah, put their seven hundred dollars ski pants on. Yeah, yeah, seven hundred dollars ski pants, but sit there in the lodge drinking you know coffee on their laptop. Their four thousand dollar Apple laptop. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And this doing nothing, just like Hol- liking Instagram posts. And Hollymont's not that lack of pretentiousness. Again, w- uh, people picnicking, like legitimately, as we were walking out people were like putting out their own little spread of like you know sandwiches and stuff like that and and hanging out with their families and, and you know picnicking in the lodge which to me is at a private resort like you're thinking like that that is odd but i guess that's the norm well there's a big race scene there too they have a big racing program and they uh, i guess they had a race there today or a bunch of different teams were there so i think a lot of the teams were kind of doing their own thing as well bringing their food in and right i saw that a lot of stuff sitting on the, on the patio there but the what I mean, the mountain was great. Uh, Forty, I believe, forty-three runs, forty-three trails. Some decent uh, experts in terrain, a decent expert terrain, some decent gladed terrain, and uh, just some really, you know, great cruising, you know, ripping, ripping cruisers. And but what, what, what I, what I was taken, you know, taken aback by or blown away by was how immaculate the snow is and and that's the benefit of being a private resort you know you're not you're not getting a lot of that ski it's not skied off as much it's not you know you're not getting the traffic that a that a you know a, a resort open to the public would get so you know it's not it's not getting all ripped up and skied and then during you know during their downtime they're they're you know they're churning that that snow back up and, and really laying it down right laying down a nice base to just you know carve up yeah, and that was the one thing about Holiday Valley that was maybe I wouldn't. I guess I would have to put it in the negative category. Is that even when there's a day with great snow, because they have the night skiing, it really can can mess up the snow they do have. Because you know the night skiing crowd, they tend to be you know younger, probably a lot of boarders, and they're probably going to grind off a lot of the good snow. So they don't have time to make snow on those runs or groom it or kind of keep the snow they do have in good shape while at Hollymont there was none of that and less well, people on the mountain and you know higher quality snow conditions but, but I mean listen 
and we're nitpicking here because the the snow, oh we totally are the, the snow at the snow in Holiday Valley was fantastic. I mean it was it was I mean we obviously we did get a powder day, but they were blowing snow all night. I don't know if you heard the uh, the guns going, but they were blowing snow after I guess they closed the tent. That's and they have to they can't start until uh, that's their policy that Jane was telling us right. that they don't they won't blow snow while people are skiing there. So and they have to but, wait till they close I mean, the we tent. We got out at eight thirty, and we gosh, we got a, a buttload of runs in. But the, this. Snow well, you could tell by the end of the day it was getting a little mangled. Yeah, which was fine, and I and that's I think that's the, that's the play. You should get out early. Right, you get out early. You get, you know, you get, you get all your turns in, and you, and you, you know, hit the bar. But yeah, not to sell Hollymon short. So we were, listen, um, I, I mean, I actually, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I think this was the best part. So we, we come over to one lift. You know, everything skiers right. If you really head skiers right, is, is where the expert terrain is. And there's one lift over there. It's a quad that right at the base of the quad are these two really really nice houses. And there's this one house with a with a sweet back deck. And this dude has a Hollymount uh, flag hanging, and and has a speaker, you know, I don't know, the size of a, geez, well, it's like a DJ speaker, like pretty a DJ much. DJ speaker, essentially, yeah. And is blasting music, right, to the point where we're like, we we're a good two thirds the way up the mountain, and we could still hear it, you know, hear Led Zeppelin, you know, jamming in the background, and it's just a dude that lives there. They, yeah. Uh, they're Hollymount members. They they hang out because we asked about it, and they hang out and they. They, um, yeah, they, they blast the music for everybody. They ski all day, and then and, and I guess that's where the operate party is. Uh, you know, from what from what Greg was telling us, that they, uh, yeah, they hit it pretty hard at night, and then and do it all again the next day. Yeah, that, and we had to ask, like, are you are they affiliated with the mountain? And they're like, no, they're just some people who who live here and uh, just love skiing and partying. Yeah. We're like, those are our kind of people. Yeah, um, but again, sadly, I mean, we probably skied. Maybe we maybe got two hours in, but we we got every bit of a dozen or more runs in in those two hours. And just, I think we hit every every intermediate advanced trail. Yeah, and hit a couple twice. Yeah, just and just yeah, like I said, ripping carvers and, and uh, you know doing some tree runs. Tree runs were solid, and then just you know hung out, uh, talked to talked to Greg, who's a really super nice guy to set us up there. Like we said, it is private on the weekend, so for him to have us in was a real nice um, nice gesture on his part. And we you know we got a good look at the place i would have liked to have been there you know about three o'clock to get uh you know really check out the operate scene but we we operate skied at about 10 45 in the morning <laughs> we certainly did you know because if you don't operate ski were you ever really skiing at all <laughs> this is very true yeah and uh yeah that's about it and then we uh right we got some wings at the airport that's true we did we uh the original the original anchor bar or excuse me, the anchor bar, the home to the original Buffalo Wing, which we were told we had to do because we were in Buffalo. I, I thought they delivered. Yeah, they were solid. They, um, uh, they, they, you know, they were traditional. They weren't like the the unique ones that we had at Pine Junction that we talked about in the first the first episode of the Car Chronicles. But outlaw style wings. Yeah. If you are over there, get them. You will not regret it. Not a chance. They're phenomenal. But they, so were these. So were these. They were great Buffalo wings, and uh, a big ditch hay burner. By the way, people. Big Ditch Hay Burner IPA out of out of Buffalo is one of the best IPAs I've ever drank. I, I, I think I had. You've drank your fair share. I have had a few IPAs in my day, <laughs> and it is this was this was really freaking good, man. Really, really good beer. Uh, I wish uh, I think we had a couple of them over the weekend, but I wish I wish I had more. To be honest with you, yeah, I might have to reach out to those guys, tell them tell them how good their stuff is. That was good. That was good stuff. It was really good. Yeah, yeah good I really tasty. enjoyed that. 
Uh, I, I guess, I don't know what else to even say. I mean, it was really, again, we're still trying to put together in our head what Ellicott, if we had to describe to somebody what Ellicottville is like, like what is it, a similar town to it? I mean, we've been throwing out Park City, Stowe. You said Rhinebeck, New York, if it was it, by the mountain. Yeah, if you took Rhinebeck, New York, if any of the listeners have ever been to Rhinebeck, Rhinebeck's an awesome town. If you haven't been to Rhinebeck, you should go to Rhinebeck. But if you took Rhinebeck and dropped it on the base of a ski mountain, that would that would kind of be what Ellicottville is. It's it's Park City is a great example because it is a it is a town that is at the base of a mountain and the mountain thrives on that city itself but it's like but, a fraction of park city but though but it is yes elkaville's you know so much smaller than that and and it's it's got this great charm you know it's got this great charm and, and i i think the big takeaway of the whole thing that i got from from the you know being there being in, the, in that portion of the trip is is the the communal aspect of it is how if you were to take holiday valley and just have holiday valley yes it would be it would be a nice resort it is well run it is it is really beautiful but the combination of having holiday valley and hollymont right next to that town of ellicottville and the 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 symbiotic relationship between that village and those two ski resorts and furthermore the 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 you know the the communal aspect of the businesses within the town feeding off each other and and pulling off each other in order to make the the experience of, of the Ellicottville experience that much better. That's that's the key that I got, and that was my big takeaway from the whole from the whole um, experience there. The two nights that we had there is that it's just it's about the community. It's about it's about it's about the resort and the town, and independently they're probably okay together they're fantastic yeah it's almost like one of those like one plus one equals three things how it's like having those things there it's a multiplier in how much better it makes all the other ones yeah at least that was kind of yeah what i got as well but yeah so that that said um big thank you from my end for megan from megan arnone from uh tour tour chautauqua uh tour chautauqua well, Chautauqua County uh, Tourism uh, for setting this whole thing up. She she was instrumental and in, in, she was the originator of the whole in, the whole trip. So happy I met her at the uh, New York media event back back in the fall, and and she convinced me to come out there and she set the whole thing up. So big th- big thank you to her and thank you, Megan. The people at Peak and Peak, the people at Johnson Winery, uh, Five and Twenty Spirits. Uh, Holiday Valley, Hollymont, everybody we we hung out with in, in Ellicottville. Bar- our snowmobile buddies. Our snowmobile bu- buddies. Barb Pump. Barb, Barb Pump. Pump. Barb Pump for president. Hashtag Barb Pump rules. Barb Pump 2020. Uh, She's going to be the mayor of Ellicottville. And she should be. She, she should be. be. She should be. She knows everyone. She's a great person. She's uh, super fun. She really gave us some great advice and tips, and uh, I guess she's working a lot with the town and some of the organizations to bring in more events, so uh, to keep to make Ellicottville thrive and to yeah, keep well, it she, fresh so, and new. So the Chamber of Commerce, she was telling me, is is kind of like the tourism board of Ellicottville. So it is it is almost its own. That is its PR brand. That is its PR company essentially. Uh, and yet, like Brian just said, she's doing a lot of that stuff to to really help help uh, you know build you know build this continuously build this brand of of this of this like i said this relationship this communal relationship but yeah thank you to all you guys and uh 
I, I can't wait for my next visit back. I've been talking to my family all weekend. I, I'm sure they hate me for telling them how awesome this place is. Yeah, we keep trying to like justify in our heads. We're like, okay, from where we live, it's a little over six hours driving there. It's like, yes, we could be at J Peak in six hours, but the crowds that'll be there versus the crowds that'll be there, the amount of time we'll get in skiing, the kind of people we'll be around, you know, we we just keep trying to like make this equation work. And you know, it's working for me. It's working for me too. It's just convinced. You know what? Maybe we don't need everybody else. Maybe we'll just go on our own again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I, I love the place, and uh, I can't say enough about it. You'll be definitely, you'll be definitely hearing from me on my blog for sure um, over the next, you know, several weeks. I, uh, you know, just various different ideas of what I want to cover from from this trip, and so be sure to check that out uh, at www.allaboutoperaski.com, and uh, you know, follow my shenanigans on on at allaboutopera on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes, and uh, thank you, Rich, for having inviting me on this trip. This was uh, a lot of fun, and you know, this is the first time we've actually skied outdoors together. It's true. So it was a good time, and I had a great time, and I, again, fell in love with Ellicottville. So another place that I want to move to. Yeah. Yeehaw. Just put it on the list. Put it on the list. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you got Rich's info, all about ski.com. You're here at SkiBumPodcast.com, and uh, stay tuned for more fun and shenanigans from us. All right. Cheers to beers. See ya. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want more information or links to any of the things we talked about, SkiBumPodcast.com, or check out Rich at AllAboutOperaSki.com. Under the ropes. I guess I should probably take this first one. I think you're taking the first one since you... You fit you, the person that needs to read it. I am perhaps in a lot of trouble now. <laughs> Is the CDC recommending you shave your beard to protect against the coronavirus? So if you're not looking at the video here, I've got some serious... This is probably as long as my beard has ever been. I can't get... Really? This is like a solid like six, six weeks maybe of growth I got going on here. Damn. And it's starting to get that long, prickly kind of phase now. See, now is the time like where I would usually shave it. I'd go, I'm done. I'm getting rid of it. Yeah. But I might just keep pushing it because if the CDC is telling me that I should shave my beard so I can get a face piece or a respirator, I may just be the rebellious, go against the mainstream dickhead who's going to keep the goddamn beard and all the fecal matter and all the freaking bits of beer and butter from the butter bell just lingering in my beard Dude, I, I think you should i think you should shave it into an imperial <laughs> they have all the different like facial hair i guess there's names for everything i like it yeah like the van dyke yep the imperial you know what that sends a message the villain the villain the walrus <laughs> the zorro got a little Paint, zorro painter's brush the lampshade <laughs> the toothbrush otherwise known as the hitler the hitler yeah or the michael jordan first stint remember you had that on one of the commercials everybody went nuts that's true it's like he's like, a black man with a hitler mustache he, he can't be wrong i don't know it, like he's like man he's like i got so much goddamn money and i'm such a badass <laughs> and people love me he's like i could i could wear a hitler mustache whatever i want to do I'm michael little, jordan it's how little i give a fuck are, are, were there people actually concerned that like michael jordan was a nazi was this really a concern of people? Well, I was up in the New York, New Jersey metro area for a while, and that's kind of where I remember people were going outrage. 
I didn't think anything. I was like, yeah, whatever. That's how you shave your beard. Have you nothing else to worry about? Which <laughs> I was like, good luck with that, Black Hitler. <laughs> Some other gentleman's <laughs> facial hair. I was like, you do whatever you want to do. I don't have a problem with it, but <laughs> you look like Black Hitler. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, it's funny. There's like rappers that's like Black Shakespeare. <laughs> to be or not to be. <laughs> like there's no there's no black hitler no one's uh or, or lil you know there's no lil hitler bitler you be bitler bitler blitler 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 i thought it'd be good <laughs> be like the rapper called blitler <laughs> yeah so the cdc has got this whole little goofy ass chart out here and i think you have a, a garibaldi going garibaldi you got a Garibaldi or a Sandholz going. Well, they're showing all the different facial hairstyles and they're showing what you should or should not have when wearing a respirator. Yeah. So if you have a soul patch, that's totally cool, man. Totally I mean, cool. no one's banging you, but you're going to have your soul patch. Hey, you Who the hell? You like, could have a painter's brush and then that you're giving free mustache rides on that. You're getting a lot of ass. Now, what it, now what's it called <laughs> if you have the painter's brush and the soul patch? Is that a thing? That's called the 70s porn star look. <laughs> is that the I'm not banging anyone tonight look? That's the mutton chops. Mutton chops is porn uh 70s porn star, I think. Dude, I like that. What is it? The whole he? The whole yeah, it's three down, three over. It's like the big mutton chops, the mustache connecting it, but nothing down here. It almost looks like a mustache with a mullet, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's some of these are just like ridiculous. I mean, they're just beyond ridiculous. Yeah, but I, I get I'm, what they're saying. They're saying like you can't form the seal on your face. It, maybe if you have these, the hair is there. So hey. I may have suggested for a French fork. <laughs> French fork it. This is you so do, Go full handlebar, dude. Full handlebar? That's a real commitment there. Though. Look at the Dolly and the English. The, the English. Come on, man. Who has, who's got time for that shit? I was going to say, you're like going straight out. like It's just an attention whore if you're doing that. That's crazy. You're a Chelsea Handler mustache and beard right there. Yeah. Your Chelsea mustache handler. Yeah. Well, they are saying that they're not recommending face masks right now for most people. Yeah. Unless you're showing symptoms and you want to, you want to lock it in. I was one of the idiots that bought face masks last week. Of course you did. So they will be here by Wednesdays. They're telling me. I'm just Um, sitting here licking what's in my beard. I don't know what the fuck's even in here. It It could be like butter coronavirus it's like it's eh. twofold right so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do work around the the house and down here there's a lot of mold so i already have a respirator but it's old so i want another respirator so i was like shit i gotta get a respirator now otherwise i'm not gonna be able to get one later so i decided let me just get two or three of them right (laughs) what about Uh, getting one of those uh you know those like uh the things for the freezer you know you have the plastic bags the airtight plastic bags but getting a full body one of those (laughs) It's a, a space bag. <laughs> space bag. I'm space bagging myself, man. Space bag your ass. Space bag it. So anyway, so I got I got respirators and I got masks. So I was like, I'm going to use them even after the coronavirus because like, you know, sawing drywall is pretty dusty. <laughs> you don't want to breathe that shit in. So, Dude, have they ever like put cocaine in drywall and shipped it that way? Uh, can you imagine that? that a good fucking idea? That's where you're like, I'll do demo for free. Well, think about it. Like, 
you know, drywall is like that white chalky crap. Have they ever just compacted cocaine and just started shipping it? Like, oh, this is just drywall, bro. Drywall, I'm building a house. That seems like a really goddamn good idea. I think you got a new career plan I mean, right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the next season of Narcos. Drywall Narcos. Narcos. Home Depot. The season at Home Depot. That's right. Home Depot Narcos. Or Narc Lowe's. Narc Lowe's. Narc Lowe's. That's awesome. Now you'd be like, it'd be back back in the day, it'd be like Channel or Rickles. But imagine that. They had just, imagine that you went to Lowe's and you picked up some drywall and they accidentally put the cocaine drywall. Oh, so you'd be dead. You just like you put in your house, dead. You like just take apart you your whole house. On a piece, you're like, ooh, we gotta dress them all. We need more drywall. <laughs> That's right. He put up that whole house in like half a week. <laughs> he built like a four-story house and he had like a week. Like a week. I don't know what what got into him. He dropped dead after, but his heart exploded. Heart exploded, but you know. Must have been the coronavirus. <laughs> well, speaking about Heavy doses that leads us into our last uh, under the ropes. Um, a woman took 550 times the usual dose of LSD with surprisingly positive consequences. So, uh, I don't know. There's that. Uh, what's the one with the picture that you uh, sent me? The it was that video with the cartoon of him explaining. That he was on LSD when he pitched a no-hitter. Oh, Doc Ellis. Doc um, Ellis. He was on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 70s. It is a, that is funny as hell I mean, because if it's you have from not, a real interview, right? If you have not seen that, yeah, it's a fantastic story, number one. Yeah. And they did a really great animation job where they showed Doc Ellis, who was a pitcher for the Pirates back in the 70s. And he was in San Diego <laughs> and he didn't think he was supposed to pitch that day. So he drops, he took some LSD and he found out, he's like, he's like, his girlfriend's like, no, you pitching today. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> so they did the, they, it's actually Doc Ellis narrating him talking about his experience, what it was like and you know, what he great. was doing. And they did this amazing animation showing him like what, it, you know, just the whole game and the day and whatever. And he threw a no hitter on LSD. I mean, obviously it wasn't a perfect game, not even close. He had like 12 walks and a bunch of like hit batters. Still man, no hitter. No, no hitter no. on LSD. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. So anyway, so this is a, a 46-year-old woman snorted a staggering 550 times a normal recreational dose of LSD and not only survived, but found out that the foot pain she had suffered <laughs> since her 20s was dramatically reduced. <laughs> Separately, in a separate incident, a 15-year-old actually fell off. That's why. <laughs> in a separate incident, a 15-year-old girl with bipolar disorder overdosed on 10 times the normal dose of the drug, and which she said resulted in a massive improvement in her overall mental mental health. So their experience was detailed in case reports published by the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs last month, and they're saying like. Oh, there's another one. A third woman accidentally overdosed on LSD during the second week of her pregnancy. She ultimately gave birth to a healthy son, now 18, who has not shown any impaired development. So they're saying while the while the experience of these women are exceptional, don't go running out and doing a shit ton of LSD because 
you know, past results are not an indicator of future results. Like, like my mom drank a bottle of Bailey's every goddamn night when she was (laughs) pregnant with me and I turned out fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like how many women smoked back? Like when we were like before we were born, right? Like Jesus. Yeah. When we were smoking, drinking, like they'd be like, well, you you should drink once a week. It, it, it calms you down for the baby. Like they would tell like pregnant women to do that. Like it's good for your nerves. Yeah. Well, it's the cigarettes. So they would say that was good for your nerves. Like three out of oh, four yeah. doctors prefer Virginia Slims for a pregnant woman. Oh, that's crazy shit. It helps keep the birth rate down. So it doesn't stretch out your vag too much when you give birth. <laughs> nice low birth weight. So the woman that, so the 40, okay. So the 49 year old woman contract the one with her foot pain right so she contracted Lyme disease in her early 20s which damaged her feet and ankles and left her with pain Lyme disease is crazy shit so in 2015 she took 55 milligrams of what she believed was cocaine but was actually pure lsd in powder form (laughs) like what the fuck so you're trying to do cocaine instead of oopsie it was white it was powder so she, the best part of this story is the woman blacked out and vomited frequently for the next 12 hours, but reported feeling pleasantly high for the next 12 hours after that, still vomiting, but less often. That sounds almost <laughs> like when people do ayahuasca, you know, they said they get really, really sick during it, but then they have that, you know, emotional clarity. And it's just funny. Cause like, Oh, she felt better. I, I felt so much better. I was still vomiting, but it was, it was less frequent. <laughs> According to her roommate, she sat mostly still in a chair, <laughs> either with her eyes open or rolled back. <laughs> You're expecting to say or or closed, and it's rolled back. Occasionally speaking random words. <laughs> and then the progression was 10 hours later, she's able to hold a conversation and seem coherent. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is mixed mixed case studies that are like i don't know man that's that's pretty messed up but yeah they're they're saying um it seems like it's like a little micro dosing is good normal dosing is bad but if you do a mega dose where you just kind of like push through it's almost like a runner's high you know like you run a little bit like a couple (laughs) sprints great you're running like 10 miles you're gonna bang yourself up doing that too often you run that hundred mile ultra marathon you get in that like ultra you know, runner's too. high. That's kind of what this is. Like, so if you're going to do LSD, just do all the LSD you can find. Max yeah. out your credit cards. Well, so they're talking about the girl with bipolar that suffered from depressions and hallucinations since age 12. So she was 15 and she overdosed on 10 times the normal LSD at the summer solstice party in June 2000. <laughs> I love how they give these little things like, oh, that was she was a that fun like, party. It's like a rave. She was, um, but she's, it did something to her brain. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, I guess if you do have a disorder or something, like maybe this is one of the things to do. I, I don't know. But well, sometimes it works this way, which is great. And then sometimes you have the Unabomber because that's what happened to him. He was part of those Harvard LSD trials. Ted Kaczynski. Uh, Yeah. They were just, they just, they cooked his brain pretty much. They gave him so much goddamn LSD, but you know, if you look smart, but if you look at what he was saying, he was not wrong. Yeah. Just what he did. 
definitely messed up what he did, but he was not wrong about what technology is doing to us. That's still a slippery slope when you start going there and saying he had some good ideas, even though he is crazy and a killer. <laughs> I mean, Hitler made Volkswagen. You know, people love That's their right. Jettas, right? Farfrig Nugent, man. Until they lied. <laughs> until they lied to everybody about the. Uh, they have that Netflix thing. Did you ever see that? Which one? With the Volkswagen, it was um, the Dieselgate thing. It was the yeah the diesel. They were saying it was clean diesel, and people were running out buying those cars, saying, "Oh, I'm saving the environment." And it's like, yeah, they just they just cooked the uh, the test. But you got to admit, it's pretty impressive. They're like, oh, we know they're going into the test now. We will not put out the emissions. It just <laughs> it it automatically, though. It's just, like, it was so crazy. So smart. It that was, was hilarious. Pretty, it's pretty genius that they did that. They, like, they knew how, yeah. they knew when they were going into a test. And somehow oh, they got fined a lot of money. Dude, they, their reputation was beaten up pretty bad. I saw an advertisement for the Jetta like yesterday. The first commercial that i remember from a volkswagen car in like the last like 10 years almost yeah remember the uh what was the guy it was like if you have to unpimp the auto hey like that like german guy in like a lab coat and they were like launching cars yep. oh they snap those were funny but then they uh the ones they have now are so stupid. There's one that's like, what is that person driving the motorcade drive when they're not driving in a motorcade? They're like, they drive a Volkswagen Passat. Do they? <laughs> like, why would I give a shit? Drives what a motorcade driver drives. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other one they're doing. So that's another Volkswagen. What does a monster truck driver drive when they're not driving a monster truck? They drive a freaking Jetta? No, they don't. So Volkswagen... They paid $25 billion for Dieselgate. Isn't that messed up? And they're saying they got off easy. I'm like, that's a ton of money. Wow. $25 million. I think the people at Volkswagen should do more LSD when they design the next car. I think they did. That's why they came up with the idea for cooking the test. Yeah, that's a probably a cocaine thing. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a coke thing. Now, the Volkswagen bus from back in the day, that was LSD. That's LSD, because that's a classic. That's a yeah. big collector item. I was, I've was i been watching a lot of Jay Leno's Garage lately. I freaking nice. love that show. On uh, Watch it on YouTube. And he had this guy who restores old Vanigans, uh, the Volkswagen vans. And the guy's done some amazing things. They put like like Porsche engines in there. And- Damn. They build them up and have this whole crazy interior. There's like a whole community of people who are really into those vans. And it's it's pretty cool what the people are doing, customizing them. Yeah. I love those car shows. Those are fun. The ones where they fix them up. I watch a lot of Fast and Loud because that's on. Fast and Loud. You know what? I just can't deal with the the fake drama they put yeah. in. Yeah. We only got three days left. Are we going to be able to do it? <laughs> like, I can't find the crankshaft. Oh, my God. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what you're going to do? You're going to call the guy and be like, look, do you want one of our cars? And you're like, yes. Okay, click. We got another two days, guys. It's, you know? Yeah. Like that shit, I can't. I can't deal with. So that was like the chopper one, orange, orange County choppers. <laughs> like yeah. that was fun when it first started. But after a few episodes, you're like, they're still just yelling at each other for no reason. Come on, man. Like they're getting so rich off this stupid ass. Just show. build a nice, nice ass bike. And I just want to see it. Like, I want to see you build something really cool. I don't want, I don't want all of the drama, you know, yeah. take me through the creative process and let's see the build. That's what I want. There's enough drama in my beard and this pile of LSD I'm going to do. 
That's right. I don't need fake artificial drama. You have, if you don't wash, you'll have residual LSD in your beard. Oh my God. There's so much LSD in this beard right now. I think people would walk up to you and be like, just sucking on your beard. <laughs> Licking my beard. <laughs> you lick his beard, man. There's LSD in there. Hey, man. <laughs> you want a little sample of my Dude, beard, man? Why do you think hippies had long beards? <laughs> it's right. There's a little crunchy weed in there. Maybe some Cheerios if you're lucky. They're just like, dip, you know how like they would take the, um, take the sheets of paper and dip it in the acid so you can do the tablets. They take their whole beard, just like dip it in. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to go to the raid, man. Let's go. Beard full of acid. <laughs> beard full of acid. You're at a yeah. dead concert. All right. If he passes out, you got to suck the, suck it <laughs> off his beard. My beard, bro. He doesn't die, man. It's too much LSD. <laughs> how are you going to sneak this in? Just put it in your beard, man. Just put it in your beard. Oh, man. That's life. great life advice. <laughs> Just put it in your beard. Put it in your beard. What's the answer? Put it in the beard. Or oh, a t-shirt. <laughs> That's always an option, too. <laughs> That's the other option. God gave us a pocket. And we're back to Chelsea Handler. We're back to Chelsea Handler. <laughs> Circles right back. Yep. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. 200 coming up. Number 200 next week. We're on the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Skibump Podcast. Find us on your favorite podcasting apps Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. We are at Skibump Podcast. Uh, if you want to go to the shop, that'd be cool. Check it out, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. And if you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Like Mario mentioned, we got big number 200 coming up next week. We're excited and we're going to have a little bit of fun. So hope you guys check it out. We will talk to you guys next week. Say hi, stay clean. See ya.